The scientists then removed two tiny samples of skin, one from Celia's left ear and one from her flank, and fitted her with a radio tracking collar so they could follow her movements after she was released. Then, when the animal came round and they were satisfied she was alert and well, they let her go. Celia's biopsied cells, in the meantime, were making the journey of a lifetime. Stored carefully inside tiny tubes, the samples were being driven away from the precarious cliffs. I spoke to Spanish veterinarian and researcher Alberto Fernandez Arias, who helped coordinate the escapade. He told me the cells were so precious that we couldn't take any chances with them, so we put separate samples in two different cars and had them driven to two different labs. That way, if one car had an accident, some of the cells would still make it. Fortunately for the cells and the drivers, the journeys passed without incident. In the laboratories, biologists grew the Bucardo cells in Petri dishes to boost their numbers, then froze them carefully in tiny protective vials so they could be revived and used at a later date. The Bucardo's fate lay squirrelled away in a vat of liquid nitrogen. Then in 2002... Two years after Celia lost her life to her bark-clad nemesis, researchers removed and thawed some of the vials. They went on to perform the same sort of experiment that in 1996 had produced Dolly, the world's most famous sheep and the first mammal ever to be cloned from an adult cell. Celia's cells, with Celia's DNA, were injected into goat eggs that had been stripped of their own genetic material. After a brief electrical jolt, the reconstituted eggs then began to divide. One cell split into two. Two cells split into four. And on it went until, a few days later, bigger bundles of dividing cells could be seen floating around in the Petri dish. The team had created living Bucardo embryos, each one a clone of Celia. For their growth to continue... The best embryos were then transferred into the waiting wombs of surrogate mother goats, who then stoically tried to carry the developing animals to term. Most of the pregnancies failed, but one plucky surrogate managed to carry her cargo until she was fit to burst. On 30th July 2003, Fernandez Arias and colleagues delivered Celia's clone. A natural birth, they all agreed was out of the question. The surrogate wasn't too posh to push. She, and the little clone that she carried, were too precious to push. Nothing could be left to chance. So the team decided to deliver the kid by caesarean section. In a room full of researchers wearing surgical gowns and masks, there was a sharp intake of breath as Fernandez Arias helped to gently prise the little kid from the surrogate's belly. As he held her in his arms, he could see how beautiful she was. The newborn had tousled, toffee-coloured fur, wide brown eyes and delightfully wobbly legs. Her vital signs were good and her heartbeat was strong. The little clone seemed perfect. But then, all too quickly, things started to go wrong. I knew almost as soon as I held her that there was some kind of problem, says Fernandez Arias. 
the little animal began struggling for breath and became increasingly distressed. Despite every effort to save her, the clone died just seven minutes after she was born. An autopsy later revealed that her lungs were grossly deformed. The poor kid never stood a chance. The Bucardo, so briefly back in the world, went extinct all over again, giving it the honour not just of being the first animal to be brought back from extinction, but the ignominy of being the first animal ever to go extinct twice. It's a bittersweet story, but one that marks the beginning of exciting times. To bring an animal back from extinction is a rousing, dogma-smashing whopper of an incredible thing. In the entire history of life on Earth, it has...